Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number four. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me as always is my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Tony! Professor! What's going on? Take us to school, brother. Yeah. Um, once again, episode four. Who would think that we are where we are and the participation? Hey, i just like to thank everybody that listens, uh, everybody that has uh, subscribed to the pod is, is huge. I am shocked. Right? Yeah, and the feedback on Twitter. We really appreciate everything that everybody's done. And, and let's not forget to thank our sponsor, Studio GG Studios. I Absolutely. Mean, they, we have to thank them. They, they, if you listen to this podcast and you love the intro music, these guys went to bat for us before we even started this thing and put together a great piece of quality intro music. And, and thanks to them. They believed in us before we believed in ourselves. Well, there's that's saying a lot, too. That's saying a lot. So thanks. And we'll put a link to their YouTube page in the show notes, so please reach out to them if you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get started here. Yeah, we got a lot to uh, talk about this week. It's been a, a great week of new content and new news, so let's get into the news and review section. So let's uh, start off by talking about WandaVision Episode 3 came out on Friday. So Now in color, right? Now in color. Yeah, was, wow. that was the name of the episode, was Now in Color, yeah. right? Kind of cool. I mean, uh, I, I got a lot of feedback from episode one and two from people saying it was kind of slow. They didn't understand it. Uh, I did a lot of explaining, uh, try to get people excited about it. Lucy, we got some explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> I played the bunkos tonight. But I mean, I understand where they're coming from, especially if you don't have that comic background, which is fine, which is why you should listen to this podcast. We are going to dumb things down. We are going to explain things to newbies, and we're going to try to make sense of the confusion. One and two, we're building to something, and I think you kind of saw it in three, episode three, where something is going on in the background. They ramped up the plot points big time in episode three. What we saw this week was a real progression of what we've all been thinking was happening is now coming to real light and a lot of stuff happened. So let, let's go through what, what happened in the episode. Really great stuff this week, right? So, yeah, so the episode was, of course, we're in the 70s now. So it's a 70s kickback sitcom type look feel. Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, Mary Tyler Moore kind of. Uh, feel to it um, in color, of course. And the intro, right? So the intro was very Brady Bunch-like when they did sure. the intro. And if anybody hasn't picked up on this, the use of the hexagon correct, in everything and anything they've done so far has been prominent, especially in the intro this week. There were right. hexagons everywhere. Yeah, even in the first two episodes, right? There were some hexagons. Um, and then in the intro, it was very prominent up front. And your theory is hex magic? Well, you could say that, but how many sides are in a hexagon? 53. <laughs> You're the professor. I'm just, I'm over here with a dunce cap on. So six sides and six points. And we know what 666 means. And, oh, by the way, this was another Easter egg I, I found. 
on the toaster in the commercial from the first episode. Remember the Iron Man, the Stark, Stark Industries toaster? The Stark poster, yeah. If you turn it upside down, the symbol is 666. Ooh. So I think we're marching towards something that we think is happening. We'll kind of get into our theories about uh, the villains and stuff like that. But right. yeah, I mean, yeah, so the intro was just fantastic. Like you said, really classic cool. Brady Bunch, you know, with the the kind of 70s style music intro and them kind of laughing and playing with each other, you know, in different scenes. And it was great. Even the logo, the way it kind of split up and uh, it was very Mary Tyler Moore-ish, copied the Mary Tyler Moore exactly. But yeah, very cool. Uh, But the big plot point this week was... The babies. She's pregnant. The kids. We finally got to find out what it's all for the kids means, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole town is kind of nurturing her and this idea of having kids even though in one episode she went from you know 12 days to nine months pregnant to giving birth which was i mean even vision is like what's going on here well the first scene of the show the doctor's over and basically you know has the stethoscope on her stomach and says yep you're pregnant and and, and no he, shit sherlock yeah, yeah and he's she's like pregnant. well how, how far and, and he said about four months and they're like oh yes and he and Vision says, what about like 12 minutes? How far along should she be? What's and- the deal with all the fruit references? Like, I, I get that condescending uh, 70s humor on, well, we refer to the pregnancy in terms of fruit so that it's understandable for the moms. I thought that was a little degrading, but kind of typical for the 70s. You know, it's a, it's an orange, then it's a grapefruit at, you then know. it's a pineapple. Then it's right. a pineapple, and then it's a honeydew, honeydew at right. nine months. Yeah. Kind of weird. And fruit was kind of throughout the whole thing. Fruit was up front and center, which was kind of weird. Well, here's something I, I really picked up on early on in the episode, that Vision was obviously saying things like, Doctor, something's wrong here. Something's really amiss. Something's weird. He's very, very cautious. And she cautious. kept stopping him. Yes. She put her hand on his knee and said, oh, Vision, you know, he doesn't need to and be bothered with questions knee. like that. You know, And so he's trying to figure out something's going on, and she's stopping him. So really kind of gives you an idea of the level of control that she's pushing in the environment that they're in. This episode actually highlighted the amount of control she has and... Also, the fear that she kind of commands in several of the characters was kind of prominent. Um, but you're right. He there was that one scene where he's questioning everything, and then they did like a like an old school sitcom stop jump. And I, I thought it was my internet. I thought it was Char- something Char- wrong with this. Oh, by the way, I I need to correct a major error from last. Uh oh, you better correct it. Yeah, I know what so you're about to say. Last episode was my son's 17th birthday. My son Uh-oh. Charlie. Charlie, I love you. And I missed a shout out, but thank Charlie. Happy birthday, my brother. But my son and I were watching this week's episode. And when that jump stop happened, he's like, oh, what, what just happened? Rewind it. Cause he thought something happened. Like it skipped. And I'm like, right. right. So if we remember in episode two, she hit the rewind button on the, on the, the video machine. Right. In this episode, it was a, it was a jump stop. It was like, it went backwards and we, we all thought it was something that was wrong with the episode. Like what happened to my DVR? Right. Right. And that's again, her or the internet was skipping or buffering or something right weird. before that vision says, Wanda, something's wrong here. I have a, I have a feeling something is absolutely wrong here. And she basically hit the, hit the button. And then he's like, Oh, Wanda, everything's great. Right. And uh, we just don't know what to expect. Right. Yeah. Everything's hunky dory. And 
Westview. But Very here's weird. here's what we saw: some of her influence on the environment, right? So her water broke. It starts raining in the apartment. Well, even with the Braxton Hicks or any of her contractions, were causing the lights. Things, yeah, I mean the whole lights shut down in the town when she had a contraction. Yep. Uh, that just shows that she is absolutely controlling what's happening, and this pocket reality, it is all her. Um, we'll talk about some villain and the aspects of the villains, but a lot of theory is is that she's the main villain and she's the only one doing this. I don't believe that. I don't know what it's you a believe. Theory. It's a theory, but uh, a lot of people are and, convinced and, that it's only her. And let's remember the other thing was the stork. Right, so this stork all of a sudden Bizarre. shows up, and oh, by the way, did you notice she tried to like make the stork disappear or hide the stork, and every time she did, it was able to flap its wings and get the red smoke out of its way. Right, and right. So there's some theories about is the stork somebody or something that has some power over her, like Mister Scratchy. Was it the stork that couldn't be snapped away or with the red right. smoke? Right. Yes, the theory is that that could be Mephisto. He could be hiding in animal form. Uh, yeah, that that's very interesting, too, because why didn't her magic work on the stork or Egrid or Crane? But it's a stork. I know. <laughs> I, I, I looked it up on the Internet. It was definitely a stork. Yeah, so let's just get through what actually happened. So she goes from barely pregnant at the end of last episode to basically giving birth in this episode and vision has to run after the the doctor and bring him back showing his super speed exactly and the she ends up going into labor monica rambo who is what's her character's name in the in right now geraldine geraldine she comes over and is helping out she gives birth to and they went through the billy and tommy thing remember they were talking about the names for the boys and vision billy and wanted tom. billy after william shakespeare that. and and those are their names of their kids in the comics. Yep. So that's something that they were alluding to. But we end up seeing both boys being born, beautiful, healthy baby boys being born, Billy and Tommy. Of course. They're there. And then Geraldine is helping, and Vision goes outside. And, and, and the interactions that Vision had with the neighbors, the first time he saw Her is Harold? What's the... Uh, Herb. Herb. He sees Herb, and he's cutting into the... The, the the cement fence between... Bizarre. Yeah. Like, and, I can't even figure out what he was doing, whether he was trying to cut his way out of the pocket reality, or he just seems to be... I think he's a bigger character than what we think. I don't think he's just uh, an ancillary character in the town. He might be bigger than what we think. The way Agnes was talking, and we know Agnes is part of it. She's definitely got some insight to it, right? Well, she, yeah. She revealed he, herself in that little conversation. He interacts with them after she gives birth, and or right before she gives birth, and says something to the fact, he, Herb was trying to say, well, you know, we're all, we're all, you know, we're all, and, and, and she was like, no, 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 no. Don't, Stop. Yeah. Don't, don't tell them what's don't going on. Don't say anything. And it could be we're all trapped here or we're all being manipulated or all being controlled or whatever. Right. Um, another thing that kind of points to that is when Vision was talking to the doctor the first time he visited and he was, he was leaving and he was going on vacation to Bermuda. Bermuda Triangle. How crazy is that, right? Also known as the Devil's Triangle. Devil's Triangle. So... He's talking to the doctor, and when he comes back and brings the doctor back, and then the doctor's like, oh, he's like, well, I hope you get to go on your vacation. And he's like, ah, we're probably not going to be able to leave because, you know, small town, 
Hard to escape. Hard to escape. Yeah. Classic. So uh, very pointed comments that we saw from all the other supporting characters in the show around this crazy stuff that's happening in town. They're all, some of them are kind of aware of it. The only one that didn't seem aware of what's going on is Monica Rambeau. Right. We saw that happen. Until she brings up that she's a twin and then she starts singing that Sokovian. Wanda, Wanda says she's a twin. Right, right. When they're when they're gazing over the, the twin boys in the crib, Wanda says, you know, I'm one of a twin. And she starts singing that Sokovian said, lullaby. I had a brother, Pietro. Right. Brother Pietro. And then all of a sudden she kind of snaps out of her her mind screwing with, you know, and she says, you know, oh, he was killed by Ultron, right? And when that happened, oh, like all of us were like, holy oh shit. Oh my God. Okay. The look on Wanda's face. What did like, you just say? You just fucked up, chick. <laughs> what did you just say? You just fucked up. And then she immediately reverted back into her character. Correct. Like, uh, uh, I don't. Uh, I said, like you're stumbling. a wonderful mother and, and, and right. I'll take turns rocking the babies. And she says, no, 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 no. Right. What did you just say? And what, what is that symbol around your neck? Yeah. Which obviously neck? was the sword symbol. She's wearing a, a necklace with the sword symbol on it, which is the organization that we know that Nick Fury is a part of that's monitoring this pocket reality. And then Vision comes back inside after talking to Agatha and, and, and Herb and comes back He's in. concerned about her. Right. He being com- in there. Well, be- Agatha and Herb were like, is Geraldine in there with, right. with Wanda? Because they know she's from the outside. Because you know she's not. Right. And they, they stop that. She doesn't he, have a family. She doesn't so have a home. He's coming back in and he, sa- and he said, where's Geraldine? And she had to go home. Or right. She had to leave. Yeah, she had to leave. She had to leave. And then we see the scene right after that cut scene of her getting tossed out of this reality, forcibly, forcibly pushed through and landing on the ground and all the helicopters and cars coming by and everything. That's how the episode ended. Dude, crazy. That was crazy. Uh, and in the trailer, if you recall, there was a scene of her flying through the air with that red WandaVision um, kind of sparkle around her. She's flying through the air and then hits the, the pocket reality wall and then pops out the other side. We didn't see that. Do you think that was a classic Marvel? Let's put this in the trailer, but not in the show, because Marvel is notorious for putting things in trailers and they never make it into the show. Misleading us. Purposely misleading Correct. us. And you saw a lot of the things that we saw in the trailer were actually in the intro to this week's episode. Right. They weren't actually scenes in the episode. They were just part of the intro. But we saw them as, oh, this this is things that are going to happen in the show, right? It was kind of... Things that could possibly be in the show, but right. it was just an intro to the show itself. Right. So just... Classic Marvel. Classic Marvel. Redirecting us, right? So, yeah. But ultimately... Great episode. I think they really are moving the plot forward very quickly. Again, this is, from my perspective, something that Wanda is controlling. She wants to maintain control. She's trying to direct things in her own way. I think being pregnant, having children is something she's always wanted, and now she's seen it happen. And But reality is catching up with her. And I think we're seeing the plot of this show move very forward very quickly. And I think... In another episode or two, we're going to see some real crazy stuff happening. They're going to have to reveal a lot more, right? Because yeah. they've, they've already taken that first couple of steps. They're going to have to reveal a lot more for us. So let's get into it. Villains. So after the first two episodes released, there was a lot of theories on the web of who the big bad and villain of, of the show could be. WandaVision right? villains. That's what we're talking right. about. So the first one is Agatha Harkness, which 
with Agnes in the show, we've all been told or we all assume that this is a Agatha Harkness re- reference. And in the comic books, Agatha Harkness was a witch who was actually Wanda's babysitter growing up. She was a servant of Mephisto, so she has a, a tie to Mephisto. But she was very instrumental in raising those children. and be- In the comics. In the comics, and being a mentor to actually the Scarlet Witch. So we know, we feel that's who she's playing or the character she's playing. So could with that she- brooch, you got, I mean, with the brooch, the comics. We'll get into the brooch. Okay, but she had the brooch in the comics, and now she's got the brooch in in WandaVision. But there are symbols on that brooch that are a bit... Dis- dis- deceiving. Or they could be foretelling. So we'll kind of get into that and, and when we talk about other... But, but she could be either the villain or at least an agent of the villain in the show. And we'll I can't imagine they would, they would introduce uh, Agatha and, and not Mephisto because, uh, as we've stated before, Agatha was Mephisto's right-hand woman, which... Right. Okay. So then the other theory now is Mephisto. So we've seen the references to 666, the, the hexagons everywhere, the you know the aspect of somebody controlling Wanda that she, she doesn't know. When we heard the, the voices on the radio uh, in the last episode, episode two, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Who's controlling you, right? So somebody outside is controlling Wanda to some extent, and we're feeling that just, again, based on the history of Wanda in the comics, with the children especially, Mephisto's got to play a role at some point in time. All the references to the devil, all the, the devils in the details, all those references, uh, the references to Ralph, uh, Agatha's so-called husband that hasn't made uh, any kind of appearance whatsoever. Even in this episode, she says, you know, Ralph looks better in the dark. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, that's weird, but okay. Well, and, the, and then that kind of leads us to another theory that I've heard is there's... A My money's on, on Mephisto. Just, I just want to put that out there. I think ultimately everybody we're talking about is playing a role, but the big bad will be Mephisto. I agree with you. Got it. But the next one is the Grim Reaper. So the Grim Reaper in the comic books is a villain. And let me give you a little bit of background on the Grim Reaper. So the Grim hey, Reaper. Hey, pull out your notepads, people. Right. The professor's about to drop some knowledge. So the Grim Reaper is Eric Williams. He is the brother of Simon Williams, who is Wonder Man. Wonder Man. There you go. So let me give you a little bit of background on Wonder Man. Wonder Man was he was first shown in Avengers number six. So this was very early on in the Avengers. He had a company, uh, Williams Industries. Williams Innovations was the name of the company. They were a direct competitor to Stark Industries. And they were actually doing so poorly because Stark was basically taking all of their business. Like Hammer, right? Right. So Eric, Simon's brother, Simon is the CEO of the company. Eric, his brother, convinces him to basically embezzle funds from the company. He gets caught doing it, gets sent to jail. He's bailed out by Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo bails him out and says, in exchange for me bailing you out, you need to become my servant, and I want you to infiltrate the Avengers and ultimately betray them. And he ends up experimenting on him and making him or creating Wonder Man, giving him his ionic powers. He ends up getting into the Avengers. They bring him in. He becomes, you know, he is the superhero Wonder Man. He has invulnerability, super strength. He's an, an incredible superhero. 
And Baron Zemo wanted him to betray the Avengers at a critical time that he could, him and the Masters of Evil could basically defeat the Avengers. Simon Williams decides not to do it. Wonder Man decides not to do it, and he dies in, in this comic book. Right. The reason why he died, such a great Easter egg. DC Comics was suing Marvel because DC Comics had Wonder Woman. And they were suing the Stan Lee story. Jealous. Yeah. Stan Lee basically was being sued by DC Comics because they had Wonder Man and DC had Wonder Woman. Okay. And they said, you need to stop, cease and desist using this character. So they killed the character off in the book. Supposedly he died. And one of the things they did was Iron Man actually saved, was able to save his brain patterns to a computer. His consciousness. Yes. His brain patterns were saved to a computer. The brain patterns of Simon Williams' Wonder Man was what was used by Hank Pym or by Ultron when Ultron created Vision. Vision. So Vision was created using the brain patterns of Simon Williams' The Wonder Man. Just just to clarify, this is comic book lore, right. not what the MCU has portrayed in typical Marvel they, they want to appeal to a mass audience. So instead of going verbatim by comic book rules and story, they kind of cheat and change things around. So that's not how Vision was that's created brilliant. in, that's the, good in stuff. the movies. That's good this stuff. is how Vision was created in the comic books by Ultron, just like he was in the movie, similar way. But he was created using the brain patterns of Simon Williams' Wonder Man. So Wonder Man died, was never seen again for about 100 issues in the comics. He ends up coming back, resurrected. Like you said before, nobody's ever truly dead. But his brother, Eric Williams, ends up becoming a character, Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper made a deal with the Tinkerer, who we saw in Spider-Man Homecoming. Correct. Right? The Tinkerer created a weapon called the Scythe, which basically is just like the Grim Reaper has a Scythe. He has a Scythe. It was attached to his hand and had it could put people in a coma. It was a crazy little weapon. But he ends up being a villain. Now, the you talked about the pendant or the brooch that Agatha Harkness is wearing. There's Correct. a clear visage of somebody holding a scythe in that brooch. And we also saw the helmet of the Grim Reaper in the opening scene of episode number two. When, when the cartoon vision is phasing through the floor, if you stop it at the right time... There is the helmet of the Grim Reaper and some bones, and that is a throwback to a comic where Vision has a family in the suburbs, and the the symbiotic robot wife of Vision actually ends up killing the Grim Reaper and burying him in the floorboards of their house, right? So that's yep. kind of a throwback of that, but a great Easter egg. I mean, that's a great and Easter again, egg. And again, the references to Eric Williams and Simon Williams, Grim Reaper, Wonder Man, Again, Wonder Man, we never have seen in the MCU. We've never seen in any of the television shows or movies so far, but played a pivotal role in Vision's history, in the comic books at least. So much so when Vision died in the comics and came back as a mindless android, so the second time they were able to bring him back, he was mindless. He didn't have much... They asked Wonder Man, who was back in the comics at the time, can you give us your brain patterns again so we can actually feed them back into Vision? Oh, boy. And he said no, right? He said no. And and because and, he always had a thing for Scarlet Witch. 
And that's the reason why Scarlet Witch felt that her and Vision connected so much is because Simon Williams loved her as well. So crazy Easter eggs from the comics. And I think the, the Grim Reaper character is either a thing in this show or it might be a thing or, geez, I have no idea where they're going with this. Right. It could be or really cool. Wonder Man or, right. But great Easter egg, no matter what. No question. All right, so the other theory about the villain is Wanda herself. Wanda herself is the big bad. Yeah, absolutely. And and this episode, I think, really turned people around to her being it. Just seeing her control of situations and the way she stop jumps things and the way that people, I mean, literally, the characters in the story are fearful of her. And she threw Monica Rambeau out of the environment, basically, you know, excommunicated her from this virtual reality catapulted right? her out of yeah. the pocket reality yeah so that could be a theory and again I, th- I think you and i both believe that while she has some control while she has some influence over the environment she's being controlled or at least influenced by somebody else and we'll figure that out over time yeah and your last theory so it's been rumored for a long time that the villain of the next doctor strange movie doctor strange in the multiverse of madness is going to be a character from the comic books. One of the Doctor Strange's nemeses in the comics is Nightmare. So he's okay. the ruler of the Nightmare Dimension. Correct. And he's a, a demon-like character. But the question is, do we introduce that villain in this show as a way to show how powerful and how influential he is over not only Wanda, but the multiverse, so that when we get to Multiverse of Madness, we're kind of established a big bad for that movie. Yeah, there were rumors that Evan Peters was brought on board to play the character Nightmare. Um, my question to you is, who's the bigger bad, Mephisto or Nightmare? Well, the real question, I think, also becomes, is Wanda a hero or a villain in Doctor Strange 2? Well, the rumors is that she's the big bad. So that she's been manipulated so much by something or somebody that she is who Doctor Strange is trying to stop in the Multiverse of Madness movie. Well, well, based on what happens in WandaVision and her children, if they're taken away like they are in the comics and she freaks out and goes fucking mental, uh, I think in the Doctor Strange 2, I think she could be that force that he has to deal with. And put her mind back together because it's right now it's scrambled eggs at that point when she loses her kids after vision because she's going to lose vision. Is he alive? Is he dead? We don't know. Uh, Is this just a figment of what she's conjured up in this pocket reality? We don't know. So these are all guys. If you're not watching this and and excited about what's going to happen, you know, Text me. I'll, I'll, I'll get you fucking excited. <laughs> well, I, it's all going to play out over the next six weeks. And yes. I think we're only more excited every new episode. Again, I think for the next couple of weeks, we're going to get these half-hour sitcom-based episodes. We'll get the Roseanne version. We'll get the the you know, the you 90s uh, Full House version. We'll, we'll get a bunch of those coming up in the next couple of weeks. But they're moving forward quickly. And I think by week Six or seven, we're going to be, oh my gosh, this is full-on Avengers. Professor, they did a pregnancy in one episode. I I think they're moving at light speed. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I think you're absolutely correct. I'm looking forward to what's happening. All right. So let's move on to some other news items for the week. So uh, I I mentioned this to you the other day. Rumors are that Marvel is now considering releasing a couple of their big movies this year to Disney Plus and the big screen at the same time. So this is exactly what 
DC did with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers and DC did with Wonder Woman eighty four. Mm-hmm. They released and HBO, it to Max. HBO Max mm-hmm. and the theaters at the same time. Yep, and they've they've come out and said we're doing this all year long. We're not even worried about what's going on with the pandemic. We're not worried about whether theaters are opening. We're doing this all year, and we were wondering when Marvel was when we'll say Disney was going to do the same thing. They've tried it a couple times already. They did it with Mulan, and the first big domino to fall was Soul. So those of you who have Disney Plus, Soul was the most recent Pixar movie that Disney had invested a ton of money in. It went straight to Disney Plus. They didn't even bother releasing it to theaters. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't go to the theaters. It went straight to Disney Plus and so, was a huge success. Yeah, it did very well. Did very so well. I think what Marvel and and Disney are now figuring out is that Disney Plus is a way for them to maybe not recoup all of the money they invested in these movies, but at least some of it. And we saw what happened last week when when Sony pushed back Morbius. This is going to happen. We're going to yeah. see a lot of these early releases get pushed back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing it more and more in the trades that, um, that Black Widow is going to be pushed from March. Well, it's May right now. May, right. May. right. So I think that what's going to happen is Mar- Marvel and, and Disney have way too much invested in this timeline they've set up. They have way too much invested in all the shows and movies that they have on the slate. If they continue to delay that and push it back, it's going to set them back years. And they can't afford to do that because they have plots to move forward. They have characters to develop. They have things they want to accomplish. They've paid actors and they've put money into films. Well, they lit the fuse with WandaVision too, right? They lit the fuse. Now, there's no stopping that. That is a that is a waterproof, non-extinguishable fuse to the bomb of Phase 4 and the future of Marvel. So the rumor is that they're preparing to come out with an announcement that they are planning to release Black Widow in May and Shang-Chi in June directly to Disney Plus and the theater simultaneously, just so they can continue moving forward these plot points, continue moving forward the development and the schedule that they have. And you know what? If we're back in theaters in the fall when Eternals comes out, fantastic. You know, you and I will go see it in the theaters. Oh, for sure. But you know what? Don't hold the content from us anymore. Give it to us. You know, no matter what form. It's already been a year for Black Widow. Let's let's go forward. So that's great news. And and if it happens, we're all excited about it. Cool. All right. All right, so another thing I heard this week, um, another rumor, that Thor, Love and Thunder, which did begin filming, by the way. They so, are filming. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, we we talked that we already saw that a bunch of, uh, Chris Pratt actually came out on, uh, I believe it was Twitter. He was uh, doing a little bit of an, I- an interview with, with uh, Tom Holland, and he came out and actually released that he was in Australia filming... Thor, Love, and Thunder, like, oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are in Thor, Love, and Thunder. It's like, oh, yeah, I thought we all, everybody knew that the Guardians I thought were, everybody knew that, right? yeah. So, everybody from Guardians of the Galaxy is there. Uh, but Groot, um, Pratt's there, Nebula's going to be there. I mean, everybody is confirmed now that, that are going to be in that. But the rumor that's come out this week is that we're going to see a version of the Thor core in Thor, Love, and Thunder. And again, a real callback to the comic books. The Thor core were actually Thor-based versions of superheroes that we know and love from different realities. So we had an Ultra Groot, who was basically a Groot that had a Thor's hammer. We had Storm, 
who actually had Thor, a, a version of Thor's hammer. Characters that were worthy to carry the hammer, correct? From different, rea- from different realities. From different realities. And this is how um, Jane Foster's character ended up becoming a version of Thor as well. Well, we know she's in the movie. Uh, Natalie Portman plays Jane Foster. We know she's in the movie, and we know eventually she's going to become the mighty Thor, so a female version of of Thor, which is going to be awesome. And this is, guys, this is a movie that's coming out um, probably next year. Yeah, it said uh, September of 2022, I believe. 2022. They're already filming it. And I can't say the director. You want to give him the director's name again? Takiti Wakata? (laughs) Taika Watiti. Yep, I butcher it, and I love it. (laughs) Speaking of butchers, um, Christian Bale, an Academy Award winner, Christian Bale, is going to be playing uh, Gore the God Butcher, and I think they're really going to develop him. You know, let me ask you this. So, can Professor. I tell you another thing? When we talked about Gore the God Butcher, so Gore the God Butcher in the comics actually kills gods. So he goes around and kills different gods from different, you know, and, and the Asgardian gods are some of those. Here's something else I heard this week: they are bringing Matt Damon back to Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah. He's signed on to be in Thor and Love and Thunder. Yes. And if the last time we saw him... He's in Australia now for the for the filming. Is it a cameo, though, or are they going to bring him back? Here's the theory. The last time we saw Matt Damon in a Thor movie was in Thor Ragnarok when he was playing Loki... <laughs> on the, stage. On stage in the little play that they had. And Liam Hensworth was playing Thor, his brother. Chris Hemsworth's brother was right. playing on stage, yes. But Matt Damon was playing Loki. So the theory is he's been brought back... So that Gore the God Butcher can show up at New Asgard and kill him because they he thinks he's actually Loki. <laughs> so he ends up being one of the first quote unquote gods that he kills, right? Nice. So And then the God Butcher is uh, obviously he's his family and his parents were were killed on his home planet, this desolate planet. Um, and he has this vendetta against gods, and he's out to kill him. But my question that I was going to ask you is, Christian Bale, huge actor, an, an absolute massive actor, are, are, is this a one-off? I mean, is this his only movie, or will this continue to go forward as one of the big bads? I think this is very similar to what Kate Blanchett did in Thor Ragnarok. I think this is with a one-off. Helena. Okay. Right, with Hela. I think it's a one-off. I think he's going to play this this villain and it's going to be a one. He's going to kick ass. And yeah, it. it's going to be great. And, and Kate Blanchett was great in, in Thor Ragnarok, but I think it's a one and done, but, but the, the exciting news is if what I've heard is true and we get storm from the X-Men in Thor, God love or Thor love and thunder. That's going to be fantastic. One of the first thing, mutants that we've seen real mutant characters that we've seen i mean i, I would be super excited about it and again we get i, other I think versions. we're going to see mutants before then we, before we next year yeah let's I hope mean, yeah let's i mean we got tommy and billy they're supposedly mutants hopefully they they come out with that okay but cool. the other thing about the thor core is better beta ray bill who was teased a little bit in thor ragnarok would be in the thor core ends up having Stormbreaker. it just if these rumors are true i mean really the plot we don't know much about the plot of this movie yet we just know Gore the God Butcher is the villain, but oh my gosh, I'm so excited about if this. If you're confused, people, don't worry. We're, we'll get into it when those movies come around. This is comic book geek, deep, deep nerdity that we're in. We're, we're just bathing in geekness right now. Uh, Beta Ray Bill is a classic, kind of a cyborg, uh, really cool character. Um, uh, but you'll, 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 we'll kind of get 
deeper into that as it happens. Um, what do you got next on your, your list of news? So great news about Spider-Man 3. They are filming. We mentioned last week that there was some leaks on the internet about some pictures. So the great thing is when these people are now filming outdoors, the leaks hit the internet because people are film recording some of their, their scenes on their cell phones and we're getting these leaks. And we got the leak last week about Charlie Cox having a, a cameo in the movie as, you know, either daredevil or his lawyer. Yeah. And the leak this week was we got to see Jake Gyllenhaal on set of Spider-Man three this week leaked that he was actually there filming scenes as Mysterio in Spider-Man 3. So Mysterio Flashbacks? is coming back. Flashbacks? Who knows, but he's right. coming back in Spider-Man 3. So this is turning up to I be... I saw a photo, uh, on-set photo of of a Mysterio poster up on the wall in one of the scenes that said, Believe, uh, you know, like his, his uh, what he stated that Spider-Man is Peter Parkett, that he busted him out. And if you guys, if you guys haven't seen... Um, Spider-Man Far From Home. What a great movie. It really digs into uh, Spider-Man and, and uh, his character is so great. And Mysterio, I think they, they nailed it with nailed him. It. I mean, he's such a great actor. And the way that they portrayed him and, and developed him, and they basically came out and said that he's one of Tony Stark's brilliant scientists that got kicked to the curb and now he's on this revenge psycho vendetta is awesome. I just it's think a great it's, movie. It's brilliant. So they're taking villains that were developed in the 60s and 70s in the comic books that had these powers. And again, what they did with the Vulture and, and Spider-Man Homecoming was brilliant. Yeah. What they did with Mysterio and Spider-Man Far From Home was brilliant. They not only gave them powers very similar to what they had in the comic books, but they were able to explain it in a way of, this is how they got these powers. This is how they got that technology. It really is brilliant. And I really think Sony is moving towards, and it could be Sony and Marvel now, moving towards this idea of a Sinister Six. But we are now getting... Just crazy pictures from the set of this movie, and and we're all looking. That's coming out this year. That's yeah. hard to believe. That's coming out this year. I'm I'm curious about this movie. This is a movie that I'm excited about, and I'm also worried. I, I've said it before. I think it's getting crowded. Uh, I think there's a lot of top name actors. I think it's going to get crowded. I know they're going to go with some Spider Verse type of uh, uh, version of this movie. I just hope it's not too crowded. I trust in Marvel. Uh, I trust in somewhat a little bit of Sony. I just hope they can pull it off. But well, here's what we know. We know WandaVision, Spider-Man 3, and Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness are directly tied together. We know that for a fact. We've been told that th those three movies are going to be tied together. So the multiverse is going to play a role in all three of those. This TV series we're watching now, Spider-Man 3 and... Well, Doctor Elizabeth Strange. Olsen made a reference to she might show everybody else is in Spider-Man. I, I, I think I haven't got the call or the date to show up, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm showing up. She's she's one of those. She's like uh, Mark Ruffalo. She kind of blows up in interviews and says probably things that she doesn't so like Tom, Tom Holland, Holland does that. Mark Ruffalo. Now Chris Pratt. We've got a bunch of guys that just God bless them, though, because yeah, they make our, our, our fun and our obsession a little easier. All right, so what else? You got something? You got some things this you want to drop on us this week, Tony? Yeah, let's let's get right into um, the topic of the week. Uh, and our topic of the week is, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about Marvel. 
just because Marvel has got their shit together and Marvel has also released new content, uh, they're always coming out with something new every week. But we figured this week, um, uh, the topic of the week, we'd, we'd talk a little bit about the DCEU, uh, DC Comics, and uh, what the future of that is. So what does DCEU stand for, Tony, just for our listeners' sake? Uh, I have no idea. No, I do. Uh, the, the DC, uh, EU is basically like the, the MCU, which is the DC cinematic universe of DC comics and their movie studio adventure, right? So where Marvel is the Avengers and Spider-Man and the X-Men and and Deadpool and all those things. DC is Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. All, the Flash, all that's DC. So DC DC Entertainment Universe, that's their universe right. that they've established. So the films we've gotten in the DCU thus far are Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman 84. Those are the movies that we've seen in... in, in Green Lantern. Don't in, forget about Green Lantern. I, I know well, it's not a big popular movie, but... Ryan Reynolds... He, he was a DC uh, character. Ryan Green Reynolds Lantern is a DC character. Really, really killed that character in Deadpool, so that was kind of funny. But So we're going to talk about the future of the DC Entertainment Universe and what we feel are their plans. So as Tony mentioned, Marvel seems to have had their stuff together. They've had a clear plan. They map out their vision five years in advance. Every movie, every television show is part of that plan. And they've mapped it out. And number one, they've hit home runs with almost every movie. Almost, yes. And we talked about this when we saw Wonder Woman 84. Every movie on our MCU list was better than Wonder Woman 84. Agree. Absolutely We enjoyed agree. them. The character... Character development, casting, plot, just the movie quality itself it was just top notch. So they've hit home runs. DC struggled a bit. It's clunky. They bumped into a lot of obstacles. We, we've talked about Wonder Woman 84. Uh, we, we did a whole review on it. Uh, not to beat a dead horse. It was good. But it tried to be a catch-up to Endgame. It tried to be way bigger than it should have been. We've said that a, a couple times. Um, I think Wonder Woman is still one of their biggest franchises, and I still think it could be um, a, a home run if they bring it down um, a little bit. Um, but, you know, Justice League was supposed to be their springboard. They were supposed to... Jeff George, it was supposed to kind of be the Kevin Jeff Feige. George, the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts? Yes, that guy. You, okay. you know DC Hyman? He's, he's involved. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Johns. Jeff right? Johns, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know I butcher names. Come on. <laughs> Professor, that's what you're here for. To, smoke show, by to the way. To rein me in. Uh, <laughs> Jeff George. He's a good-looking guy, but he will not make the smoke show list. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that that was supposed to be his job is to create this universe. thinking ahead universe. He was and, the Kevin Feige of DC, basically. Correct, and and it didn't. It's it's not working out very well. So Justice League was clunky. Uh, obviously, we talked about that last time about how there were personal issues with uh, Zack Snyder. Um, in, in doing that, and they had to bring in um, a, a new Joss director, Whedon. Joss Whedon, who yep. was Avengers uh, director, and kind of finished that up. Now, he's going to release the Snyder Cut. Now, we reported this last time. It is no longer going to be a four-hour 
one hour mini series. He's he's going to release it as a four hour movie now. It's so not going to be changed that they've changed it. They're not going to bring it in as um, four separate shows. It's going to be a four hour movie. And there's so much riding on this. I mean, we, we got we got a lot of DC content coming up, but there's a lot riding on this. Well, so here's what we know has happened so far. So we know they've greenlit the next Wonder Woman movie already. That's already been greenlit. That's well, they happening. have they have the Batman standalone in the can. Well, so yeah, let's 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 go over what we know. We okay. know Wonder Woman three has been greenlit, so they're going to yes. make that movie. We know Aquaman two. Patty ha- Jenkins as the director uh, again. Yep. Yeah, we know Aquaman two has been greenlit. They're going to make that movie. Aquaman the Same first director, movie. Director Jane Wan. Right. Mm-hmm. Has did great. That yep. movie is going to be made. We know the Flash Flashpoint movie is being made. That is happening. Yes. So those are things that we know are on the slate. Everything else, and we hear that another Superman movie is coming with Henry Cavill, but we don't know that that's been greenlit yet. Correct. We just hear that it might. That's be That's a happening, rumor. Right? We that's, also know about Black Adam. We know Black Adam, and we and know Shazam: Shazam Fury right. of the Gods. Right. Shazam Two: Fury of the Gods. We know both of those have been greenlit. So those so, all those movies are on the slate right now. Right. But here's the most confusing part of this, right? So, and we deal with this a little bit, much more in DC than we seem to have to dealt with it in Marvel. Some of the casting issues that they've had. So Ben Affleck played Batman in Batman versus Superman and in, he was in Suicide Squad briefly, but he was also in Justice League. He has said, I'm done playing this character. He was going through a lot of personal issues in his personal life, was getting a divorce, went through alcohol rehab, rehab, right? And it was just really bad. So he decided, I'm not playing this character anymore. We know he's coming back for at least one more film. He's coming back for the Flashpoint movie. So he is going to be playing Batman in the Flashpoint movie, at least briefly. Along with some other Batmans. With Michael Keaton. So we know Michael Keaton is coming back as Batman in that movie as well. Yes. But we also have a Batman movie coming out. By Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, and we have a question about that this week, right? Well, yeah. Since we're gonna, since you bring it up, let's let's get to that question. Uh, we have a question from Gavin Klingham uh, up in Tenafly, New Jersey. Yeah, talk about uh, uh, the reach maybe. of Super Talk. Is- yeah, I mean we're worldwide, worldwide. Uh, that's great. Uh, I love it. I love far distance. Uh, people listening to it. So Gavin Klingham, thank you for listening. Thanks for the question. Great question. Um, what will Matt Reeves bring to Batman that Christopher Nolan and the other previous directors haven't? And what do you think about Robert Pattinson uh, as Batman? So what we know about the Matt Reeves version of Batman, it is happening in an alternate universe from the main DC entertainment universe. So the main DC entertainment universe that we know of right now is what, we saw in the last Justice League movie. He's a younger Batman, kind of the beginning of his career. It's supposed to be Batman year two. So imagine Batman in his second year of being Batman. Right. That's what this movie's supposed to be. It's called The Batman and starring Robert Pattinson. And more more to the detective, right? He's He is, it's going to explore how he, I mean, Batman is known as the greatest detective in the world. Right. And that they're going to explore that and they're actually going to go through and, and they've really put together a great cast for this movie. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is playing a version of Catwoman in the movie. Not technically Catwoman yet, people, but she right. is potentially going to be Catwoman. Right. So we've got a great cast in this movie, but we're going to see. Can I a, say it? Yeah. Can I say it? Sure. 
She's a smoke show. <laughs> she's an absolute smoke show. And her show. mom. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, uh, we're we going to get a version of Batman in that movie. That's going to be a standalone. Very similar to what the Joker movie was. A very standalone, different universe version of Batman. So we know that now there are going to be three people playing Batman. And that Joker movie turned out pretty good, right? Yeah. It did okay. Was what? there an Oscar Was there an Oscar about that? Was there an Oscar? Yeah, 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 right. I think so. So that movie turned out very well. And I think you know that just shows you the depth of these characters and what they can do with them in the right context, right? And I think that that's what Matt Reeves is going after. I'm going to explore a great character, try to get the detective part of this character out in front, and I'm going to hire a good actor and a great cast around him, and I'm going to make a great movie. But the success of the Joker breaking from the mold and being a standalone and not tying into the whole DC universe, does that hurt them? Or or is that going to be the new format like Batman is going to kind of roll down? So, Tony, I'm going to give you a theory. Please call me Titanium. Titanium. I'm going to give you a theory about how this is all going to work for them. Go for it. I'd so we're gonna it. get we're gonna get this the Batman movie in the fall winter of this year. That's gonna come out, and let's say it's great. And then we're like, wow, we love the Batman. We love Robert Pattinson as Batman, regardless of how Justice League does. Uh, the Snyder Cut, right? Right. Regardless of how that does. Okay. We know Ben Affleck is not coming back to play Batman. We. Don't think long term they're going to use the old Michael Keaton as the old version of Batman. <laughs> we need to have a version of Batman in the DC Entertainment Universe that's going to have some legs. It's going to bring the Justice League version of the Justice League along with Wonder Woman and Aquaman who are doing really well. Hopefully the Flash movie does well and all these other things. Gavin, listen up. This is your question. He's right. about to drop some knowledge. Here's what they can do. And this is the beauty. We've talked about how in the Marvel Entertainment Universe, or the MCU, that the multiverse allows them to do things that they normally wouldn't be able to do. The Flash, Flashpoint movie, allows them to fix a bunch of things. And Reset so, everything. So anybody who's not familiar, in the comic books, there was a comic book called Flashpoint. Flash went back in time to save his mother from being killed. So the reason why the Flash is the Flash and everything that's happened to him in his life is his mom was killed when he was very young. We come to find out that actually the reverse Flash killed his mom. He goes back in time to stop his mom from dying. By doing so, he kind of resets the timeline. And when he comes back to his today's time, everything's been changed. Everything's different. And... That's such a great storyline. I mean, it really was one of the best comic book series ever created. But what it does for the DC Entertainment Universe is allow them to hit a reset button. So what they could do in the Flashpoint movie is have these different versions of Batman play a role. We'll have the current version of Batman, Ben Affleck. He'll go back in time and meet old Batman, who is you know Michael Keaton, and will play some role there. And then he resets the timeline, realizes he made a mistake, goes back and corrects the timeline. But even if you, after you correct the timeline and you come back, things have changed. And when he comes back at the end of Flashpoint, guess who's Batman? Robert Pattinson. So That'd they be have pretty a, cool. That's a great theory. They have a way that they can fix all this. So, And I think it all banks on whether the Batman... So you think Robert is the future of Batman? I think what they're going to do is they're going to release this film 
as an alternate timeline version of Batman, and if it does really well and is widely accepted and the critics love it, why would we not want Robert Pattinson to be the Batman in the main DC Entertainment Universe? Very cool. So Matt Revis, Matt Revis is going to focus on his ability to be a detective and more analytical and technical. Uh, and you like Robert in the future playing Batman after Flashpoint. I think if this movie bombs, this will not happen. But I think if it does well... Having Robert Pattinson as Batman in the DC Entertainment Universe long term with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and The Flash and Cyborg and Shazam and all the other versions or members of the Justice League makes a ton of sense. And they can fix it with Flashpoint if they want to. So I think what's going to happen is we're going to see how well the Batman does this fall. And then when Flashpoint comes out in 2022, that's their opportunity. That's probably why we haven't heard anything about Flashpoint or any casting news or any scripts or it hasn't even gone into pre-pre-production yet. So because that's you can keep the best parts of the DC Entertainment Universe. I mean, I all think all intact. Henry Cavill awesome Superman. Unbelievable. You and I have discussed this several times. Man of Steel is one of our favorite DC movies. Without question. Yeah. And if you've never seen The Witcher on Netflix, please go watch it because he plays an incredible character in that that's show a cool as well. That's cool show too. But Henry Cavill as Superman, fantastic. I think Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, just fantastic, right? I mean, and now we have... Smoke show. (laughs) Smoke show. And speaking of smoke shows, Aquaman, I mean, how how can we not... He's on the list. I'm sorry. Did I give that away? (laughs) He's on the list. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is on the list. Yeah. So, but great version of Aquaman. But we can take all the versions of these characters that we love and that have done really well... And we can combine them with the versions or the new versions of these characters that, and we're going to bring it, we're going to get a version of Green Lantern at some point in time. We've been told that. So I think they're marching towards that and we'll see where we go. Yeah, I think we're going to get a, a little snippet of Green Lantern in the Snyder Cut, to be honest with you. I think we're going to see um, that. It, it, it's going to be different than the first movie, people. I, I, it's going to be, he's going to add a lot to the story. The story was very choppy and clunky uh it didn't flow right and we may see some different versions of green lantern that we did not see in that movie right there there are several versions that the have green been lantern on, core would be very cool right? but we've had several earth-based green lanterns in in the dc sure comics in in the past so we might see different versions of that so right. uh, we'll see but i think dc has a plan i think they're waiting Do to you- see I think they not as I well, so. not as good as Marvel does, but I think I think they've got a plan. I, I I hope so. Yeah, and and again, these are great characters, and we just want to see them succeed because we love them. I mean, they really have been absolutely. Great. All right, let's get into our questions of the week this week, Tony. Oh, so. very cool. Yeah. Um. Well, the birthday boy, uh, Charlie Pettis, uh, at Charlie Pettis two from Twitter asked the question: uh, What superhero or villain? do you want to to be introduced into the MCU? And we, we kind of touched on this a little bit. By the way, happy birthday, Charlie. Um, we kind of touched a, a little bit on this uh, about superheroes. We both talked about Nova, Silver Surfer, etc. But we really haven't gotten into the villains. So let's let's answer this from the villain aspect of it. Yeah, I, I think from my perspective, we talked about there has to be a really good, long-standing, long version of Doctor Doom has to come to the MCU at some point in time. This guy needs to become one of the biggest villains, the thorn in the side of every Marvel 
hero has to come out. And we hope that is happening, but that's Boom. my number one. I mean, Boom. number one, Dr. Doom's got to be there. You. Boom. Dr. Doom. Yeah. Absolutely. Huge character, huge villain. Uh, there's so much. Once I've said this before, he is Tony Stark and Dr. Strange kind of mixed into one brilliant scientist uh, and also a, a master um, magician with the mystic arts. Uh, so he's he's both of those best of both worlds, a great villain. They, they got to bring him back. Yeah, he's, he's got to be there. They, they've done. A, and again, one of the things that were rumored for Spider-Man three, one of Spider-Man's villains that has not yet been introduced into the Marvel uh, real quick. Professor, you mentioned the Sinister Six, just so the newbies out there know. The Sinister Six are six villains in the Spider-Verse, or Spider-Man's uh, comics, that uh, are, are his nemesis. There were six main villains that kind of teamed up at one point so against him. So if any other character in Marvel Comics, Spider-Man probably has the greatest and largest rogues gallery. has probably the most villains that have ever been fought by any version of any hero the, the and, fact that there's a team of six of them kind of tells you well, that. so what happened in the comic books is that he would defeat these individual villains one by one and they eventually all said you know what we're tired of getting our asses kicked by this guy let's team we up. should team up and we'll all take them on together name and, the six so the original six were dr octopus the vulture scorpion craven the hunter and Rhino. Rhino. So we've seen we've seen every single one of those portrayed at least some point in time, except one. Craven. Craven the Hunter. Um, and at some point in time, Electra was in there. Sandman was in there. There's been a bunch of other ones in there in the Sinister Six. They've kind of rotated their six, but and we've seen Electro. We've seen Sandman, and and both of those characters are big for, for Spider or villains are big for Spider Man as well, but. Craven the Hunter, very similar to the Punisher in that it's such a deep and disturbed character. Right. And I can't wait for when and how they introduce this character into either the MCU or into the Spider-Verse somehow, some way. Craven's Last Hunt, if if you need to look something up, guys, buy a subscription to Marvel Comics Online and read, read the series called Craven's Last Hunt. It's basically Craven hunting spider-man it is so deep that character is so disturbed and so deep i just can't wait for that to happen yeah i i trust now that it's in marvel's hands with sony i trust that that casting will be on point and you know who's who's actually lobbied to play that character i don't know who's lobbied but i know who's rumored the the guy from suicide squad colonel stag from suicide squad I forget the uh, the actor's name, but who who's lobbying to play that character? Well, the one I heard was who played um, in the end of Justice League. Who played uh, Deathstroke? Oh yeah, um, he he's married to the Ava, Modern Family. Yeah, Ava, Ava v- Vergara. Yeah, Sophia Vergara. Sophia Mar- Vergara. I can't remember what his name Joe, is. Joe Joe Magnanella. Or Mag- Joe Magnanella. Yeah. Magnanella. So he's lobbied to play Craven the Hunter. He said, if I can play... Deathstroke. Well, they kind of... I don't know. We're seeing... They might cut him out. Yeah, who knows? But I I think he he has lobbied to play that role. He said, if that's... He he said, that's my dream role. Wow. To play that character. So... And he would be great in that. Yeah, he would be. 
So, I, you know, Craven's another one. Any other villains that come to mind for you that have we haven't seen or that you'd like to see? So, on a scale of Thanos, I think, on a scale of Thanos, I think Galactus uh, is probably one of the biggest villains uh, uh, in Marvel that they could probably develop. Um, I, I don't know if they will. Um, yeah, the, the version that we saw in the Fantastic Four movie ugh, was... Ugh. Not really well done, ugh. and they can do it better. But yeah, and that's a difficult one to do. In their it defense, is. it's a difficult one to do. Yeah, but that is a huge Marvel villain that they haven't really touched on yet. And uh, I think Mephisto. Uh, you know, I think that if they bring him in, if he, he is the villain in Wandavision, I think they could develop him in future films, and he could be that thorn throughout the future films. And, and, and there's another one we know, we know that's coming. Uh, Kang the Conqueror, another one. Uh, is a time traveling. Time traveling. That one is yep. actually coming in the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So we yes. know that one is coming. So that's another one that we're looking he forward to. He jumps from multiverse to multiverse. He's time traveling. Time, yeah, time from time to time to kind of like, yeah, exactly. That, that could be very cool too. So uh, we got another question from Greg Vire. Uh, great question. Do you think it's possible for the MCU in the next few phases to build up to another crescendo like Endgame without Iron Man and Captain America? I think... Great question, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, and I think the, the answer to that question is absolutely. They're doing that. We just don't know who the crescendo is or who the big villain is or what the crescendo is. I think we have some theories, but I, I don't know what that's going to be quite yet. They have so many movies and so many television shows on the slate that they have to be building to some kind of crescendo. They're all going to come together at some point in time. If I look at the sheer number of characters they're introducing and the sheer number of movies and shows we have coming out over the next three years, there's only one thing that comes to mind for me, and that's Secret Wars. I think that's what they're doing. They're going to be establishing some big eventual battle that's going to have to kind of collapse some of these things and figure out what's going on. And I think they're going to be doing that. I, I think after uh, the infinity saga, which is the culmination of phase one, two and three built up to Endgame, where the infinity stones were a huge connecting point to all these movies and shows and theories. I think after that, and they close that out, I think the next couple of phases will be about the multiverse and exploring the multiverse. Uh, I I would love for your theory to happen. I think uh, the Young Avengers are something. The Young Avengers uh, is going to happen. There's no way. We know they've introduced all these young actors in these young superhero positions. I, I think they're going to build to that. But Secret Wars would be tremendous. So, But Greg, Young Avengers could be a byproduct of the Secret Wars. So that could be something that they're marching towards. We know. Here's what Tony and I know. Titanium and I know that... There is a plan, and we trust in the plan that they have. It, it, it really is. <laughs> You're damn right we trust in Yeah, it. so it's, it's I, I think, and you mentioned without Captain America and Iron Man, I think we have some incredible characters that are played by incredible actors that can carry this franchise for the next five to seven years without question. And, I, and again, we're, we're going to spend some time on a future episode talking about Marvel casting and how they've always hit home runs. And we'll spend some time talking through that, but we trust in them. Really, frankly, they've done they've done a great job. They've so done far. a great job, and we trust in that. So, Greg, great question. Thanks. Uh, short answer is absolutely trust in Marvel. It's all going to happen. 
All right, so we'll talk about quickly next show. We'll get into WandaVision episode four. We'll talk about anything else that hits the wire. Lots of things are dropping now. It's been crazy every week, so we'll get into news news items every Absolutely. week. And uh, we'll have another topic of the week next week, so that's what we'll be looking forward to next week. Should we uh, call it a show, Tony? Professor, the bell has rung. Let's end <laughs> class. All right, well, that's it for us. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email at supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. Thank you.